Good morning. It is such a, a joy to see you and be with you. Um, Katie was telling me last week, she's reading a book called There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather. It's written by this Swedish uh, woman who married an American and moved here to the States. And she's basically telling Americans that we're wimps. But the highs in Sweden only get to the 70s. <laughs> uh, she's mostly making fun of us about the, the winter temperatures. Um, but this cool thing, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that this woman is a Christian, but she says the new religion in Sweden has become environmentalism. They seek to care for the creation, which is good, but it has become their, their entire religion. But the churches there, though they're few, um, they have found outdoors to be the way to worship there when the weather is good. And so, you know, maybe we're on to something here with all of this. And they might laugh at us that we only worshipped until it was 26 degrees this last, last winter. No. Now, if you've been around the, our church for the last several months, this, these things will come as no surprise. But if you're visiting, I want to make sure you're not in the dark uh, this morning. So in March, our church purchased a piece of property just a little ways down the road. And in April, we laid out the Abide Project, which is our vision for this property. Uh, for the parsonage that is on it and the, and the office space as well. And over the last month, our church has started something call, we're calling the Abide Campaign. It's to help us fund the first phase of this project that God has put before us. And we've asked everyone in our congregation to be a part of this campaign in some way, no matter how small or how large that may be. You know, in God's wisdom, the way that the church the body of Christ carries out its work, whether it's a financial work, a very spiritual work, or a physical labor, whatever it is, everyone gives or serves according to what God has given them. This is the phrase that comes up throughout the New Testament, that the body gives according to their ability, each one. No one in the church is exactly the same, and God actually places high value on that, on variety and uniqueness. These are beautiful things in the kingdom of God. God does not want sameness. He wants uniqueness and variety. So no matter what it looks like, when anyone contributes what they're able, God causes the church to flourish in this unique way. Even finances in God's kingdom are not merely about finances or money. Like everything else, everything in God's kingdom is about service to God, to his people, and to his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. And so we, we've asked, if you are participating in this, that you would let us know by today what that looks like so that our church can plan accordingly. But also, beyond planning, it's just encouraging to hear how we're working together. So we've been getting these updates from Travis on where we are, and the, uh, we started at 185, well, we started at zero, but then we got to 185,000 because of people giving generously. And then last week he told us that we're at a little over 300,000. And then he texted me this week, this random message, Travis was out of town, and he sent a message that said, we hit 400K today, which I didn't know if he was on a work trip playing in the casino, or I, I didn't know what was going on, but he was talking about the campaign. We were at 400,000, and he'll share with you later. Another person this week shared that they were going to be uh, giving generously, even from outside of our church. So 
It's wonderful. And regardless of where exactly we land today, we are very confident that God has led our church to this point. Our church started COVID a, a little over a year ago as this, you know, a, a small church, but we've walked with God and we wondered, what's this going to look like? How is God going to walk with us forward? And COVID has been one of the most, while it's been so difficult in so many ways, while it's affected people, individuals, businesses in our community in terrible ways, God has held us together. And he strengthened us through this time. And I, and I hope that all of you as individuals a part of Church of the Lamb would, would experience that too. That God has held us together and shown his faithfulness to us. Now, what I want to do this morning is continue to press in on the spirit and values that are going to guide what we're doing. And give you some idea of what to expect over the next few months. Now, it is very easy for a church a business, even individuals, to succumb to what's called mission creep. You ever heard that word, mission creep? So mission creep is where the purpose and the values that are important to people early on begin taking a backseat to peripheral things that can begin to consume. So for churches, the most important mission and values have to do with loving and serving God, loving and serving people, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ coming and giving his life as a sacrifice to redeem us from sin and death, proclaiming that message and drawing people into the life of Christ, his forgiveness and his love. But buildings and budgets, which are part of serving people, can become so consuming that other things accidentally get moved to the back seat. Uh, a friend I was talking to several weeks ago, I was telling him about this wonderful property God has given us and how, you know, it's been busy since then. And he said, you know, every gift has a shadow side. And the bigger the gift, the larger the shadow. <laughs> Isn't that true about so many things? It's some version of this that Jesus points to for a, in a letter to a church in the book of Revelation, Jesus tells a church, you've lost your first love. Return to the love you had at first. Now, Lamb is not immune to this. We would be prideful to say that we are. None of us as individuals are immune to this. Think about how life gets busy and we easily forget the things that are important to us. Our families, friendships. A relationship with God. Our priorities get out of sorts and we have to take steps back and make tough decisions to reorient our lives toward what's important. It takes a lot of intentionality to stay focused on those things that we value the most. It doesn't happen by accident. So as a church, it's going to be extremely important for us to keep our mission and values in front of us. And We've repeated this several times in the last few months, but we, we've taken our mission from this large theme in the Bible described as abiding, abiding in Christ. And Psalm 23 that Ernie led us in a few minutes ago is actually a reflection on this very theme. The last verse sums up the aim of David's life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell, dwell is often the word for abide in the Old Testament. I shall dwell, I shall abide in the house of the Lord forever. 
Now, even as David expresses this, he knows that abiding does not exclude him from suffering and from life's challenges. Abiding is not an aloofness from the world and its difficulties. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. But that said, I still walk through the valley of death. Even there, David says, in that shadow of death, he says, I will not fear because you are with me. And even there, he expects God to deliver him. You prepare a table of feasting right in front of my enemies. Can you picture this? A table of feasting. One version of the Bible translates it it as a six-course meal in the face of my enemies. What an image. I would encourage you to make sure that you're praying while you picture this, or it could go sideways really quick. If you're picturing your enemies yourself and the feast that God is placing there before you in their presence. David is describing what he has come to believe about who God is. He is a good shepherd to his people. And David puts it in very personal terms at every turn in in the poem. He is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. David writes this for his life, but it is a poem that is supposed to become true for everyone who trusts in God. God wants to be this kind of shepherd to all of his children, to all of his sheep. He wants you, he wants me to experience him in this very way, not just to hear him talked about in this way. So as we listen to it, we really, what we need to ask ourselves is, do I experience God as my shepherd? And part of experiencing a shepherd is dependent on the sheep letting the shepherd be the shepherd. (laughs) The sheep has to stop trying to be its own shepherd in order for God to be his or her shepherd. So are you letting God take control of your life or are you trying to control your life? That's the kind of question that this psalm elicits from us. It's a scary thing to do at first, to let go of control of your life. But it is unimaginably freeing on the other side to let God become your shepherd, not in name only, but in reality. And if you're not a Christian, this is the place to start a relationship with God, to open your clenched hands, to relinquish control, and ask God to become the shepherd of your entire life. And even if you are a Christian, this is actually the way uh, to have increasing depth in a relationship with God over and over again, noting the ways that you have not allowed God to be a shepherd to you and asking him to become your shepherd. So is there a particular area of your life on this very morning where you can relinquish control? And you can allow God to take over. 
Surely there is between work, family life, and the vast things that you face on a daily basis. Surely there is something right now, this morning, that you could relinquish a little bit of control over. That you could give over to God and allow him to become what he wishes to be for you. The chief shepherd of your life. The one who restores your soul. The one who walks with you in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death and comforts you and keeps you from anxiety, keeps you in his peace. Now, this is something that we have to keep at the forefront of our personal lives, but also the life of our church. Returning to it again and again so that it shapes everything we do. Our mission of abiding in Christ is undergirded by the belief that the character of God is to be a very good shepherd to us. Isn't this fitting? God is the shepherd for Church of the Lamb. Church of the Lamb shall not want. Even though Church of the Lamb walks through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. For he is with us. His rod and his staff will comfort us. He will prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow Church of the Lamb all the days of its life. And we will dwell, abide in the presence of the Lord forever. Isn't that fitting? God is a kind and generous shepherd, a kind and generous father. And it's going to be challenging for our church to remember this in the future, especially when we wish that things were moving faster than they are, when we wish that we had HVAC right now. What we wish to do with the property God has provided is create a physical space for this kind of abiding in the presence of God, a place in the world where living out of the presence of this God as a good shepherd can become more and more natural. It never becomes perfectly easy, but we can create spaces that are more conducive to dwelling in the presence of God. And we want with everything that we do to create a culture of faith in God as our Good shepherd, our father. But all of life militates against this. There are things that we all want to see done and done yesterday. Some things that we want to see done we will be done, but they'll be done differently than we want them done. Our church wants to build a building for worship, but, but there's the need for resources with that. Today it is hot, but it won't be long before some people are going to start wondering, do they expect me to worship in the cold again? Last week it was in the 40s, remember that. There's a, there are a lot of things that are going to need to be figured out. But it's going to need to be discerned in a spirit of faith that God is always a good and faithful provider for his children. This is the most wonderful thing that can happen to Church of the Lamb over the next three years and beyond. Not that we get a building, but that God forms us to have a deep faith in him as our father and our shepherd. That we become a people who actually do, we don't just say that we abide in Christ, but we do abide in Christ. So that when the time comes for a building, we do it out of that very faith, out of that abiding, so that the building becomes even more beautiful than it could be, because we are a people who are shaped by the God that we worship.
and we love. Now, Philippians 4 that Julie read for us is a New Testament version of Psalm 23. Years ago, I was challenged at a church to memorize a book of the Bible, and I chose Philippians. And it was an incredible experience, and since then, Philippians chapter 4 has been this constant source of help in my life. It's an application of the character of Jesus Christ as our good shepherd to the trials of faith. The Apostle Paul himself is in the valley of the shadow of death. He does not know for certain whether he's going to come out of his prison cell alive, outside of this strange suspicion that God wants him to live so that he can serve others with the gospel. So he tells the Philippians, who, by the way, are friends, but also his financial partners. He says, I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Someone should tell Paul that he shouldn't be this honest with his financial partners. Was there not anyone close by who could say, Paul, this isn't working in your favor if it's money that you want? And then he tells them the secret to what he's learned. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This strength that God provides is not a strength for physical feats. It can be that, but that's not usually what it is. It's a strengthening strengthening in the inner person. Paul doesn't have a woe is me attitude, nor a look at me, look what I've done and learned. He's delighting in the realization that underneath all the circumstances of life is the rich faithfulness of God in Christ. That truly never changes. So Paul says, I'm glad that you can help me out right now. I have been well supplied by you. And he's rejoicing in that, and he's grateful for it. But I'm even more glad that I have learned of God's richness to supply everything. This is what Church of the Lamb is going to learn over the next few years. I I can't tell you exactly what everything is going to look like related to how we're going to be able to be on the property. I wish I could. And sometimes I think that that's my job to be able to predict the future for you. But it's actually not. My job is to help us walk by faith together. God rarely tells us what the road is going to look like way ahead. But what he does is he shapes us as people who are deeply rooted in him. Who can walk with him in faith that he is always going to provide faithfully to his people for his people, and for his glory, and for our own joy and good. Now, there are a few things that are happening in the short term related to the property that I do want you to know about, that we should all know about and be praying into. For one, our offices are going to move to the land by the end of the month. They're finishing up over the next couple of weeks, and I can't wait for you to see that space. And in the fall, we're going to begin offering regular times of prayer during the week for us to gather there and pray together. Another thing, the parish council met several weeks ago with Matt Robertson, who is an architect and has been a part of our church. 
And Matt is going to work with a team in our church to help develop a master plan for the property. That's going to be happening over the next few months. God has given Matt the unique and special gift. Remember, I said earlier, the way God works in his wisdom is he uses everyone contributing in the way that they uniquely can contribute. Well, Matt, Matt is made in a special way by God to love land and love the way that pieces of land are put together and how to work with the natural beauty of, of the land to use it in the way that God has called us to use it. And so he spent time talking with the parish council about the importance of working with the natural beauty and the contours, the shape of the property, seeking to care for it all along the way. And I am, I am so excited to see what he and this team develop for us. Now, that master plan is going to include finding a way for us to meet on the land for worship in the fall when the weather is nice. And so that probably means upgrading the driveway a bit so that we have um, better access to it. We're not backing up traffic on Indian Trail and upsetting our neighbors much. And the plan will also propose a way to worship on the property more regularly over the next few years. Hopefully some three-season way of worshiping there while we plan for a long-term structure. Now there, there are other details too, like this land team that's developing a philosophy for how and what to plant on the land. Animals, fencing, these sorts of things. Getting cows off the property so you don't have to walk through manure if you're there. We had a, a t-ball team there for a, a t-ball party on Friday night, and all the kids are stepping in manure the whole time. Oh, the joy. <laughs> so this team's working together this summer, too. And we're working on signage right now so that we can uh, indicate that this is for Church of the Lamb. And, and, and there are going to be some guides there to how to use and interact with the property if you're coming there for picnics or to pray. And all of this... You can come there. You can come and you can pray. This place is a wonderful place to get alone with God and to be quiet with him. Please come and pour out your prayers there. Like I said, I, I can't tell you everything that's going to happen in the next few years. I can't tell you what lamb is going to look like. But I'm confident that God is going to use these years to shape us into the kind of people who trust him deeply, who believe in him as our Lord, our Redeemer, and the shepherd of our souls. I'm confident that God is going to surprise us with resources to be able to build the things that we need on the property. But the most important thing in all of this is that as he provides, we look like the gospel that we proclaim to this community. We become the kind of people who represent that gospel through our ongoing repentance and our laying down of our lives for Christ and for his kingdom. So that when we are able to build things there, those places are used for the purpose that, that God has determined. So that he is worshipped as the good shepherd in purity and in truth. These are the most important things that can happen. That God shapes us as he brings this into being. So as much as anything else, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Christian, or even non-Christian, pray. Will you pray? Even non-Christians, all of this is to be for the good of this place, this area. 
for the well-being of it. So it's in your best interest to pray too. Pray for the power of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit to be born out in this church. Pray that we see every closed door, every what looks like a limit of resources, every difficulty, not as an end, but as an opportunity to discern how God as our shepherd wants to lead and provide for us. Andrew was talking this week about how someone shared that a limit in resources is not a failure sometimes. Oftentimes, that is the, time, the, the situation where God wants you to pray and discern how he wants you to be creative in accomplishing the purposes that he's called you to accomplish. This is why we can be so confident that God is going to be faithful to us. He's led us to this point. He's not going to abandon us. And all along the way, he is going to make us more fruitful as we lean into the power of his spirit. It is in the name of this good shepherd, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that we say all these things. Amen.